Welcome to Malcolm Reed's How to Barbecue Right, a podcast where we talk about barbecue, share recipes, and discuss all things delicious. And now, here's your host, Malcolm and Rochelle Reed. Hey, welcome back to How to Barbecue Right. I'm your host, Malcolm Reed, joined by my lovely wife, Miss Southern Shell, Tyler on the boards. How's it going? Going pretty good. Fantastic, man. It's a wonderful... Ready for the super summer Friday. Re- ready for the super regionals this weekend. That's what I'm excited <laughs> about. Still been in baseball mode. Yeah, Ole Miss Got, is uh, nice to take a few days off too. That was yeah. fun. Did a quick little fishing trip. Yep. Um, real quick, Palmer Home. We have that uh, campaign going on right now. If you would like to help us raise money for Palmer Home, we're trying to feed two families this year. Um, and for the top five fundraisers, we're having a VIP experience here at the shop. You okay. and a guest come here. We're going to cook a whole haul. We're going to hang out. We're going to have fun. And um, we're doing that to raise money for the Palmer Home, which is a local organization. Helps children in our area. Anything you want to add to that? <laughs> <laughs> I was letting you rub with that. No, we try to help Palmer Home every year. This is this will be our second year to do this campaign, I guess you call it. Mm-hmm. But it's for a good cause, feeding um, you know local kids in our local community. But it really helps them out, and so we get behind them, and yep. it's going to be fun. Yeah, for the top five fundraisers. Yeah. How long does it run from uh, Labor Day? Right, until Labor Day, so you got until Labor Day to raise money. Yes, and so you can get it, put a team together, and uh, get other people to help you raise money. But the top five fundraisers get invited to our VIP experience. If you want any more, and they get to bring a guest. They get to bring a guest. There you go. If you want any more information, go to howtobarbecuewrite.com forward slash Palmer P A L M E R. The next big thing I, uh, I wanted to remind everybody about is that Townsend State Cookoff. We're helping sponsor um, in August the. I think the 13th of August? 13th, yes. And it's I'm excited about it because they're adding a trout division. <laughs> I've never been to a contest where they had a trout division, so we're going to be there hanging out, having a good time with our friends at Townsend & Spice over in Melbourne, Arkansas. Uh, of course, they're having SCA, a big SCA cook. Uh, what's, that, what's that payout? Did you look at it? $2,500 for the state? first place. Yes, yeah. that's a good one. That's yes. worth going there. I think there's already probably 15, 20 people maybe signed up, I something think like so, that. Yeah. So, but it'll, uh, I don't know what the, I don't know if there's a cutoff or whatever, but you want to go ahead and get your application in and start brushing up on those trout recipes. <laughs> and I think you can cook the trout however you want to cook it. It's just got to go in the turn-in box. And so. the trout's provided, right? You don't Everybody's have to bring trout. your own trout. No, I, th- I think yeah, the trout. They're gonna, yeah, I don't think you got to go catch them. That would be interesting too if you had to bring your own fish that you caught or something. I don't know how they would do it. I First you got to go they, fish, then you got to go. Cook. I imagine they're going to give you either some whole trout or some trout fillets and you got you know however long it takes you to cook your dish but but yeah we um what would you think what, if it, off the top of your head if you was gonna do a trout dish what would you do i don't know there's two i would go one or two ways either you put it into because you got to turn in six individual portions yeah. right? Right, right within one to go box um i would either do i don't know I'm thinking like trout tacos. Yeah, that's, trout tacos that was the first thing that came to my mind, and then smoked trout dip because you cream cheese and bacon up anything. <laughs> I don't care what kind of fish it is, you're gonna make a good little dip. You know what else I thought of is uh, Russell for Memphis and May. He did um, turkey egg rolls. Yes, mm-hmm. you could do that. So you could do trout egg rolls, something like that. Uh, if you could take, take like a trout dip inside an egg roll and fried, oh. or a wonton. Like you know the cream cheese, yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, crab, crab rangoon. 
So we got trout ringing. <laughs> yeah, we're throwing out ideas to help y'all win. That pays out pretty good money too. Um, I'm not even cooking it. I'm just throwing ideas out. This reminds me talking about Russell. Uh, the Wrights actually sent us a new cooler. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, shout out to Russell and Karen and Riley. They were there. They knew I how much that cooler that. meant to you, and it got stolen at Memphis and May. So a new one showed up at the shop. It showed up. I was like, who ordered this? <laughs> I did. They were like, I thought you did. I was like, no. Oh, that was awesome. I was hoping we made the people feel really, really bad. <laughs> and they were like, you know what? <laughs> Here's a new one. Sorry. <laughs> I doubt that. <laughs> yeah. You're not going to take that one back to Memphis and May next year. <laughs> if you do, take the wheels off of it. Or it's not <laughs> yeah, because I feel like they stole it because of the wheels. I don't think yeah. they stole it because it was a cooler, yeah. I think it was because they threw the lid a, off. It was just a shopping cart at that point. It was a vehicle, yeah. <laughs> For more stealing. More yeah. stealing. But, um, so those are our big highlights. You got anything else to cover? Um, That's the first on the horizon. We are getting ready. I mean, I don't know if we don't talk about that on the podcast, but it's time to start thinking about our water tower festival here locally in Hernando. It's like a Backyard, hometown barbecue fest. It's a rib shootout. We usually have a steak category and chicken wings. So if anybody's in the area or listening in Hernando, that's coming up. So yeah. It's not till September. Yeah, it's we not got till September. little ways to think about that one. And we do have a sides check demo here on Saturday. If oh, want. yeah. I forgot about that. Yeah. Stop by and tend to. I think it's ten a.m. So what's my, a sides chick demo? Because my see, see, that's what I was thinking. You gonna have some chicks in here cooking some sides? Are like you gonna hit it up? <laughs> no, first in line, Mikey. I think it was Mikey. Is it your idea, Tyler, or Mikey's idea? I think it was Mikey's idea. He's like, I want to cook. I want to show these women how to cook. I said, Mikey, what do you got going on there, man? You tried to. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, no, man, you got to, you know, if the, if the women come in and they say they can cook delicious sides on a smoker, maybe, just maybe, they'll give the hu- husband the green light to buy a new grill. It's, <laughs> it's a win-win in my book. It's not a bad idea. I think, I mean... I'd want you to go. <laughs> <laughs> he's doing he's doing some really good stuff. He's doing a mac and cheese on the smoker. Y'all know how good that is. And that's the recipe. He's doing the recipe that you did on TikTok where you don't um You don't have to make bowl the noodles. Yeah, you yeah. just it all goes in. You put it, it in the pot. Together. Yeah, it's you like, throw it on. Would you say it's kinda like making a queso, like a queso dip, but with noodles in it because it's it's real creamy and I that's the way I look at it. Yeah. Because when I think of mac and cheese, I make a cheese sauce or a roux. Yeah, but it doesn't have the queso flavors. No, 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 no. It's just, I'm talking about the technique where you just dump this stuff in a pan with your dry noodles and and let it roll. I wonder if it would work. I've never tried it. You could do it with cooked noodles. Just do all your cheese and all your mixture stuff first. Too much um, milk and stuff in there. Oh, you need that. You need that dry noodle. Ah, That's a good call there. See, that's why you're the sides chick. <laughs> I've boiled noodles in spaghetti sauce before, like spaghetti noodles. Yeah. Cooked them in spaghetti sauce before. Just soak up some of the water or watery element of it. Yeah, yeah. And it just, I thought that it would make the noodles. What's he topping that one with? Uh, panko or breadcrumbs. But you could use Ritz. You could use whatever. Flaming hot Cheetos. <laughs> <laughs> Something crazy. Um, I did have somebody email me. Scott sent me this email. It was about, because we talked about grinder sandwiches last week. He said he was born and raised in um, Fort Walton Beach, but then he moved to Connecticut in 94, and it was a culture shock. He said every place has a sandwich that they call either a grinder or a roll, um, but they call everything a grinder. It could be hot, cold, deli meat, chicken parm, eggplant parm. It doesn't matter. They call it a grinder. He said, but the grinders are around Connecticut, 
maybe Rhode Island, um, but every other place has like different names. In Connecticut, it's Grinders. In Philly, it's Hoagies. In New York, it's Heroes. In New Jersey, it's Subs. So it's not necessarily the type of sandwich it is. It's just the slang. It's just where you are. Yeah. It's a Coke. It's a pop. It's a soda. Exactly. Yeah. So it's all the same thing. To me, I thought it had to have the grinder salad. It don't have to. Yeah. It's just all about perspective. Yeah, all about perspective. (laughs) But I thought that was interesting. You said you're going to make some of that grinder salad this weekend just to go with some ribs we're going to cook, right? Yeah. Well, I'm going to use it in in replace of a coleslaw, but I'm going to do the coleslaw version. I'm not going to use the lettuce. I'm going to use the cabbage. I still haven't done the lettuce version, and I want to. And that's going to be. I need to. That's going to be on one of the TikToks we're going to do pretty soon. I think I'm going to incorporate that into little sliders some kind of way. Yeah, that'd be delicious. Yeah, I think it will. I do it on. I wonder how that'd be on a blackstone. Probably pretty good. Explain that to me. So here's here's what I'm thinking. Okay. Cheese down. What cheese? Sliced cheese on the blackstone. White on the Blackstone. Uh, you don't matter. It could be whatever cheese you <laughs> Whatever like. you want. Okay. Kobe Jack, whatever. Cheese goes down. Start piling your meats on it. More cheese, more cheese. What kind of meats? Deli meats. Cold Pepperoni, cuts. salamis, hams, capicola, all the good stuff. Gabagool. Yeah. Gab- <laughs> <laughs> you put that down like, I'm talking, now imagine Hawaiian buns cut in half. Yes. And then I throw the bread on top of that, let that cheese melt, and then try to flip the whole thing. And you make this like grilled cheese, big Hawaiian sandwich thing, and then you cut it up with like a pizza cutter okay. and individual sandwich. Okay, think it'll work. Yeah. What um any uh dressing or you still got to put your salad. I gotta figure out how to do. That. I guess when you flip it, that's when you put your tomatoes and your yeah, salad yeah. on it. There and you put you the go. top bun, and then you, you have to have top your top bun. bun toasted over on the side. I don't know. This is just no. Concept. I like I like the idea. Once you flip it, you you've have got to your top two bun. Spatulas and flip it. Yeah, know? and then you pretty much can pull it off then. Yeah, and to top it. Cold salad, top it with that top toasted bun. I'll see if it'll work. I got, I'm going to come up with something. That That's might not be idea. the ticket. I might build it some other way and then do that. But you got to separate it because you got to be able to put your cold stuff on. I like the putting the cheese down first because it's going to get that crusty. That's what I was thinking. Skirt steak. kind of makes that skirt. cheese skirt. Yeah, cheese skirt. Yeah. yeah. It's kind of like those skirt breakfast steak. sandwiches people do. Where yeah, have you seen them? One and you flip it and yeah. That's exactly what I was thinking. Something mm-hmm. like that. I don't know. That's the idea. I've been toying with it. I haven't made it yet, but I've been trying to think about how I can make another one of those something different. If that works, you could really take that and do anything. You can do your pepperoni rolls, your yeah, yeah, ham and yeah. cheese rolls. Just grilled cheese sandwiches like that. Oh, yeah. Could you imagine that? A layer of mayo on the bread and then all your <laughs> cheese and you put it on there and let it melt and then try to flip it. That would that be work. great like appetizer, football food mm-hmm. style. If it would flip, that's the whole thing. I haven't tried to you got to let it skirt enough to where you can pick the cheese up without it. It almost makes a crust. Yeah, yeah. exactly. So I'm thinking you'd have to double cheese it at least because your first cheese is going to get crunchy. Then you got to put more cheese to be when you flip it. Cheesy. Yeah, <laughs> be cheesy. And that don't sound bad, does it? <laughs> at all. Well, you know, um, Traeger's got that big butchula. That Yeah, something like that's what I was thinking about. The yeah. big spatula that you could flip something. And then flip a pack of those Hawaiian rolls really easy. And you you do have a pizza spatula, a but peel, pizza yeah, a pizza peel, peel yeah. but it's not flat enough. Mm, it might the metal one. I see. I've got a metal one and a you wood got a one. big metal one. Yeah, it might work because I used it for butts before I had the butchulas. So good idea. 
All right, we'll work on that this weekend. <laughs> We're gonna bust out the Blackstone this weekend. I gotta buy one, get one on uh on Blackstone yesterday. So I went to Walmart and got one of those like E series like electric griddles or whatever. And I guess they're pretty much like sold out everywhere. And I got the very last one, went home and cooked like some chicken and steak fajitas on it for the first time, just kind of seasoned it up. And then Ashley posted a picture of me. Somebody commented down below. was like, hey, I got one that's never been used. It's sitting on my patio. Come and get it. And I was like, awesome. Really? <laughs> Did you go get it? I have to go get it this week. Yeah. Is it like an outdoor one, though? Or is it an indoor one, too? No, no, no. This one's an outdoor one. Really? It's like one of the bad to the bones. They sent me a picture, and I was like, yeah. Like, Man, right. they don't want it? That's, that's no. an awesome find. No, I was super excited. So now you're going to have an indoor and an outdoor model. Yep. <laughs> I was like, this indoor <laughs> one's never going to get used. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe Ashley will use it. Oh, no, I used our little indoor one for pancakes. It's pancakes, mm-hmm. yeah. yeah. <laughs> How did that one do, the electric? I have never tried one of those. Awesome. Like, did I it have, get plenty hot? Oh, yeah. Like, it gets all the way up to 500. I had it at oh, 450 wow. yesterday pretty much the whole time I was cooking. Really consistent, really consistent heat throughout the... Yeah. It's like a enamel... I guess pan kind of yeah. it's not like the normal flat top. Oh, so you it so it's not just straight metal where you got to season it in, mm-hmm. build up that seasoning on it. No, it's actually like really quick right out of the box. Like anybody yeah. that's looking for something like that, I highly recommend it. It's really cool. Can you do as much chopping on that stuff? Like you know, if you're doing all the hibachi and the cheesesteak, you know what I mean? Because I'm I thinking exactly if I got a metal, you might have to use. I would use all, probably wooden utensils on that. Yeah, yeah. Because you don't want to chip that. It's like Teflon coating or mm-hmm. something like that. Something like that. Yeah. yeah. I mean, yesterday I didn't run into any issues, but I could see long term maybe that'd be yeah. a problem. That's the that's the way with those little electric ones like we have. It's just a Presto, right? Oh yeah. But you have to cheap. watch what you use on it, and you'll chip that stuff off. And you don't eat that. Mm-mm. Yeah. Um, the other day, Dayton and the guys with Crank It Up Grills yeah. showed up here with a Crank It Up Grill. Hey, so they they he told me that? well. I guess it was Mike from Code 3. He's kind of working with them some. And Dayton's a big buddy of his and helps him out up there in Col- Collinsville, right? A, yeah, a whole Collinsville, bunch. Illinois. And he met this guy. He lives in St. Louis now, but he's from California. And he had been building these Santa Maria-style grills, I guess. And nobody, when he moved to St. Louis, nobody was they ever didn't know cooked what it on was, Nobody probably. ever cooked on anything yeah. like that. And he said that was just commonplace for him back out west. And so – they got the idea to start making, like trying to manufacture some and for the area and educate people on them and stuff like that. So they called me and asked me if I was interested in an Argentinian style grill, which there's a little difference in them. We'll talk about that. But I was like, I don't have one. Heck yeah, I'd love to cook on one. Never done it. So the closest thing I had was like the attachment for the Weber. And what was that thing called? Uh, It's been so long. I I should know this, but. It's some type of Santa Maria, but it was a yeah, really it's a Santa heavy Maria attachment that sat on top of the Weber. Weber. Yeah, and you you know you can kind of it worked. It, yeah, it worked. But it's cool to have a real one. <laughs> <laughs> and so they brought it down to the what was that Saturday or so ago uh, before we went out of town. Yeah, and we showed up. No, that was like Memorial Day weekend. It was Memorial Day Saturday. Yeah, that's when it was. And so we uh, set it up in a parking lot, and they had a trailer with them. And he's like, I just thought they were bringing mine. And gonna, we were going to, you know, cook on it, get a little footage. They were going to teach you Yeah, teach it. me how to, you know, build the fire and whatever you do in it. No, they had five or six different models. They had the small Santa Maria, the medium-sized Santa Maria, the large Santa Maria, and they had the Argentine. And they had this cool, like, metal table that they used for demos and stuff like that where you can hang all this stuff on it. We wheeled it outside the shop and put up a tent. 
and went to cooking. And, man, we had some good stuff. That was fun. <laughs> I love cooking on open fire like that. Yeah. I mean, that's so – you know you need a smoker in your backyard. You got to have a smoker. Got to have a, re- a regular grill like a Weber or something. You got to have a Blackstone now. And the next one you got to have, Absolute Outdoor Kitchen, is one of these Santa Maria grills. Well, do you you have, got that covered, you're good. Well, what's your smoker? Is your smoker oh, it could be. Or do you have to have like an out? Uh, I mean, if it's my choice, <laughs> I'm probably going to go at that point, stick burner. But I'd probably always have a pellet grill too. So at least two smokers. Yeah. Minimum. It's a real smoker. Pellet grill. Okay. Blackstone. Okay. Uh, Santa Maria grill. And, and a Weber. Okay. So you got four, PK, r- four so. main ones. And then your small one. Because if you're just cooking hamburgers, hot dogs, something fast, fire up the Weber. You're not going to cook on all, you know, build fires and do all this stuff. So bare minimum, you need five. Bare minimum. <laughs> How many do you have? Oh, I, I don't have that many. <laughs> <laughs> Last time I counted, it was like 35, 36. No, I don't have that many. <laughs> I mean, some I've of slowly been commercial. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Retiring. I'll have about four. <laughs> I'm, I'm still needing one. Well, I got that seven. I got five now as I got this hard to team. But it's for research purposes. It don't even count. <laughs> that's the way. That's the way it works, right? See, I'm waffling there. <laughs> I bet you have and just... a deep fryer. You need a deep fryer too. Your outdoor, <laughs> the outdoor area is one of the most important parts of your home nowadays. To me, I agree. That's where all the fun happens. That's I mean, it's just that out. It's the extension of your kitchen. It lets you have the kitchen, and. Us guys can get the outdoors, and y'all can you cook in it too. We will let you do sides. <laughs> I'm poking a bear now. <laughs> well, I have seven, so I know that the numbers are. So Tyler, he's you only been seven? with us. He hasn't been with us two years yet. He's already up to seven grills. How did you? How many did you have when you started here? Zero. Oh really? <laughs> oh, I had a gas grill. I'm sorry, but it yeah. sat in the garage. Uh, and are then you got a pellet grill? I got a little charcoal, like kind of camp grill, I guess, or whatever. That yeah. was kind of how I started that. Have a Weber kettle, um, have my Traeger, have a Blackstone, <laughs> have another Blackstone coming. Um, See? Yeah. And then I still have that gas grill. And he's still working. <laughs> still early, Tyler. <laughs> what do you get three year mark? I see that dr- that drum looks mighty fine. Mighty the fine. drum. That's, I forgot about a drum. Everybody needs a drum. <laughs> so we're up to six minimum. <laughs> six minimum. You need a big outdoor area. But so we cooked okay. on the crank it up grill. So what's the difference between an Argentine and a Santa Maria? So a Santa Maria grill is pretty much an open fire um pit with the grate on it that has you know arm that comes up where you can lower and raise the grate on a crank. That's all a, that's a straight up Santa Maria grill. It could be any size, it could be whatever, but it goes up and down over your coals. Now, an Argentine grill is more built Built like it has an offset little, we'll call it a fire stand. It's where you start with sticks of wood and you build a fire underneath them with a little kindling or whatever, and you get them going, you're burning down. And as those coals fall down, you use those to shovel over and make your fire. And it still has an up and down grade. It has various positions to let them have stuff where you can hang stuff on them. You can cook that way. You can do different kinds of things with it. So it's a souped up Santa Maria grill is really all it is. It has a little bit more features on it to where you can build the fire over to the side. And uh, I guess in a Santa Maria grill, you could just go to building your fire, but it don't really have this 
other end of it that's got a little raised fireplace and a place specifically for building that fire. Yeah. Um, But the cooking process is pretty similar. Yeah, the cooking process is the same. Now, what I like about this Crank It Up grill is it's like a, I would call it kind of a hybridized way they're doing it because they're taking coal baskets and putting underneath the grill grate. And so you have the option. And so this, if you imagine this grill, it's, it's kind of just an open pit with like four walls. And then it's got three sides that come up on the side kind of for heat to keep it contained. Kind of like a blackstone deflector. Yeah. Kind of like this, kind of like the things on the blackstone that kind of keeps your heat in and gives you a little bit more space to cook on when you're lowering it down too. But, um, they took fire bricks and lined all the inside where it's going to help it hold heat on there when these coals are getting good and hot. It gives you a little bit more radiant heat from the bottom of the grill. Also, they use these fire baskets that sit directly on that. And so you can go into stick production, burning your coals down, shovel them over into fire baskets or whatever. Or you can start with lump coal, build you a bed of coals in there, still get your fire going and adding your sticks to it as you need them for that live wood burning but you still got a base of coals. And I like that because with it's theirs, with, yeah, with theirs, it's faster. Um, you can uh, put that grate down right on top of those baskets and you pretty much, you know, it's like grilling on a Weber or any other grill when yeah. it's that close to it. But you have the options to raise it up, uh, with crank it up. And the crank it up is so smooth on that grill. It it's, was. It's got like, they've got some special kind of bearings in it to where, I mean, it's got like this counter lock thing where it can't fall and hurt anybody. If kid walks up to it and pulls it. It's not just going to let it slam on their hands. They put a lot of thought into when they were making, manufacturing this thing. Yeah. The only other Santa Maria <clears throat> grills that we've ever really messed with, the cranking was kind of like. Yeah. It was like on a cable yeah. or something and it get twisty. I mean, that's, that's the way I've seen them. Yeah. This one's smooth. It's like a fine oil machine. Um, it even had like little zerts where you could, Oil it and keep it, you know, keep it lubricated where it's going to stay that smooth. Yeah. It's not something that's going to wear out. Um, I like the fact that the frame that kind of holds the cooking grate that goes up and down, you can take the grate out and then you can take those fire baskets they've made, stick them in that. And so if you've elevated stuff, you've got, you know, stuff hanging up top, like if you're hanging chicken or sausages or whatever, pineapples, you can raise the fire up and down. By, by putting those trays in that grate and you're controlling what you're cooking on there. I mean, it's got all kinds of different uh, possibilities. Yeah. Because like, when we were there, I was like, have you ever thought about, I know this Argentinian style, making some of these meat swords that, you know, you could easily rotate to where you could do kind these big kebab. Yeah, yeah, that's what it would be. You turn it into that. And he's like, uh, yeah, I'm going to go home and make some of those. Because <laughs> he gave me this cool fire tool. He made these. And the story behind that was I thought was pretty good. He's like, his kids were out doing something. He was trying to keep them busy. And so he was making something with metal. So he made these swords. It's like a metal sword. It's got a little (laughs) hilt on it. And at the top, he kind of put a little T on it. So they're not going to kill themselves. You know, it's not just a sharp object. But he said his kids were out there and they'd fight and loved them. He said, man, this is. And he grabbed it one day and was moving color. He said, this is a great fire poker. And so now he makes them as fire pokers. And he gave me one of those. That was pretty cool. That, that was heavy metal. If you knock oh, yeah. sword to sword, it's going to shake you a little oh, bit. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was a real deal. Yeah. It made, that's, that's U.S. steel right there. It made the ting ting. Well, that was the big thing. Yeah, it did. <laughs> <laughs> that was the big thing about the, the quality of it to me. Everything is so heavy on these grills. So you're not going to, I mean, just hearing talk about it, you probably don't get a great 
understanding or build of the quality of it. But if you ever get a chance to uh, see one in person, I highly recommend it. Hopefully we're going to, I mean, I got the one here, but that's, that one's going to the house. Yeah, we're going to uh, do some videos. But yeah, I want, the, I, want them, I want them to, I've tried to talk to Dayton and see if they want to come back and do some demos here at the shop. But they do they have a website up yet? Yep, crankitupgrills.com. So they left a pamphlet. That's what you're looking at. Yeah, yeah. Crank oh, it. no, these are very well thought out. Was it crankitupgrills.com? Crank it up. Crankitupgrills.com. We'll have to put a, did you, has there been a post on that about the link to yeah. them? Right? Mm-hmm. Um, okay. We there. had the dry age post yesterday. Mm-hmm. And then we got some more stuff coming. So I figured that's what we talked about too. Base. What we cooked. So what'd you cook? So Dayton brought. He did bring some dry aged tri tips. And how long did he, those were like four, nineteen days. Nineteen days. They weren't super long. Yeah. Had some decent. I mean, had some decent age on them. It changed. You know that they'd shrunk down, lost some moisture, developed okay. some flavor. You're gonna have to explain to me what's the point of dry aging. So the dry aging is supposed to enhance the flavor of meat. Now I've Never been super crazy about it. it I mean, it's a unique taste because it doesn't it intensify. So if you think of the way cheese ages, I guess beef tries to get some of that flavor too, but it's but it also shrinks it. So you're taking some of the moisture out of it in a controlled environment. It builds this like pellicle, I guess yeah, you'd call it yeah, on the outside, almost like you know when you're curing salmon or something. It does, but it gets tougher on the outside. Sometimes there's a lot of discoloring on it. But the goal is, once you have it so many days in a controlled environment at a certain temperature, you're going to make it taste better, and it's going to be more tender because it's breaking down. I guess it's It's like got bacteria. So we've got yeah, meat has natural stuff in it that causes it to break down. It's probably like the lactic acid buildup releases, and it's chemical stuff. I don't know. That's not my certification. But But I just know it's supposed to make it taste better. Is what they tell me, and so. Uh, 19 days, not very long. But some of these dry aged stuff, they go a minimum of 30. They go up 90. to 120. Yeah, yeah, I've seen some crazy dry aged stuff. But with that, you have to have a really controlled environment. You do. Right? You, yeah. Most of them do it in like certain humidity, certain temperatures. You're never opening it. They have certain dry aged boxes. He just did them in a refrigerator, like on a raised rack. That's the key thing. Air has to get around the meat, or if it's sitting on anything, it's going to build up bacteria, and it's not going to get the moisture away from it. It's not going to be good. Yeah. Could, it, you know, could possibly make you sick, I guess. could be contaminated. So you have to really watch doing it. But if you got the right environment, and you can do it in a fridge that's like four, at least below, I would say, 43, 42, something like that. I mean, don't quote me on this because I'm not an expert dry age. This is what I was told. You keep it that low, and you don't open it, and you leave it in there. And he did it for 19 days, and it was pretty good. Yeah. I mean, it was. I wouldn't say it's the best tri-tip I've ever ate in my life, but I could definitely tell that it was tender, it had, you know, a, a different, a little bit different flavor, and it's almost like a little bit of a, I don't know, what do you call it? A t- describe it as a tang, maybe just a little bit of a. That's the way dry age tastes to me. It's like cheese. You know how cheese yes. has that little bit of a tang flavor, and I guess yeah. it comes from the bacteria breaking it down or whatever it is, um, is what it, what gives it to it. Some yeah. people absolutely love it. They consider it the finest beef there is. Me, I'm, you know. Maybe I just ain't ate it enough. I don't know. Maybe I hadn't, it's not acquired taste, but but it was just, good. It was really a, good. But you lose a lot too. That was you my, lose a lot of the weight. That's why dry aged meat's more expensive because one, so it takes loss. time to do it, but then two, you're losing product, and then that's something they can't charge you for, which is water weight to begin with. But not only do you lose the weight, the actual water or moisture's coming out of it, you have to lose part of the product to trim all that aging off. To get it down to the real deep red, pretty meat that's below it. Yeah. 
And I will say that that's that's the one thing about dry meat. It's real like red, it deep is. red color. It's got a beautiful look to it. It does. It does. But I mean, do you I like just, it? Do you do you prefer it over just say regular? I don't think I've tried it enough yeah. to give a real strong opinion of it. I just when he when he, the amount that he had to trim off the tri, tri yeah. tip. I'll say. It hurt my heart a little. Yeah, to waste that much. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's done that. Could so you do me, anything with it, or is it just dry? No, I don't think you can do anything yeah, with it. Yeah, there's no sausage. Yeah, there's no, no don't grind that up. <laughs> well, I mean, I, we, me and Mark did that. We were doing a, a dry experiment with these bags. Yes. And it was like a bag that got all the air off, and it kept it perfect. We did it on a beef tenderloin. And man, when we got through left of it, there wasn't much left of that beef tenderloin. So look at all this meat we've wasted. And so that got me to thinking, yeah, this dry age process might work great on some cuts of beef. Well, if you got a really lean piece of meat and it's big, you want to dry age it, you could you know, stand to, to lose some of the surface area on it. You don't mind if the, some of the weights because you're trading that for flavor and tenderness. Well, on a good tender piece of meat to begin with, yeah, you need to do that. Probably it, you need to do it on a ribeye because it's got so much fat and marbling. Yeah. That's all. I mean, you, why do you want to take the moisture out of a ribeye? <laughs> I mean, it's delicious the way it is. Let the let the heat do it to it. That's just my take on the dry aging. Now, I do like a wet age. Are you give me a brisket that I've had wet aged for thirty days in the cryvac, just in the refrigerator. Man, it breaks it down. It's super soft. You don't lose a lot of discoloration on the meat as long as the vacuum the vacuum seal is still intact. Good. It's the the wet age process works fantastic. And so I always like at least a 30 days. I have gone 45 and even 60 on a brisket. And it just helps a, a tough cut of meat break down, get softer. Doesn't really change the flavor, I don't think. It just changes the texture a lot. I can tell a big difference in, in something that's had like, you know, 28, 30 days on it versus a freshly packed brisket out of a case or, you know. I can tell a difference when I pick up a brisket. If, it's, if it flops, if yeah. it's stiff, I know it's fresh. If it's floppy. Which what I mean, probably yeah. going to be more tender. Yeah, I'm, that's usually what I'm feeling for is that floppiness too. I want the ends to almost touch when you pick it up. So uh, back to the tri-tip. So we cooked them on the Argentine. Yes. We started up a couple baskets of coals, um, seasoned them up with the I think it was a uh, Boar's Night Out. Uh, double garlic. Double garlic and, and steak. steak rub. Yep. Yeah. It's all that went on them. They kind of uh, burst seared them. Like started them out above the coals. Dayton was trying to um, keep the grill. Todd, you remember was it like three fifty, four hundred? Yeah, that sounds right. In that range, like so, he would mm -hmm. use the wheel to move it, up move the, the grates up and down until he shot the grates to get that temperature, and that's where they went until they got up to about one hundred fifteen degrees. It probably took I don't know thirty minutes, maybe. Yep. Flipped them a couple times, just every ten minutes or so. Put them in a pan, put them up top, and just let them hang out and rest while we cook some other stuff. So we only took them to one fifteen. Yeah, at first, yeah, at first, at first. So yeah. it's like a reverse sear, basically. Yeah. Okay. One fifteen, panned them, set them up high, brought the grate back, or we cooked a few other things and had some, you know, stuff on there. Well, we'll talk about. That yeah, thing. and then we, but he, <laughs> then he lowered the grate back down, to, right on top of the coals, like sitting flat, flush. Put them back on there and seared them. Just a couple minutes on each side, and then cut them and, and ate them, and we made tacos with it. They were fantastic. You know, another thing was they were so they were really really good, but you tasted like the 
charcoal and the oh yeah the wood the yeah the grill flavor and so, I I love that grill flavor so I couldn't even tell that it was a dry age you know to yeah. me yeah I, I get that too yeah like, maybe that's so you know I like that Argentine grill because you get that flavor from it yeah I like and the way he ran it bed of like lump coal first and then he took he brought some red oak that they had had and made little splits with it and um like kind of like took a hatchet and made like kindling pieces and then would lay them across the baskets to where they would they would start you know smoldering too but they would go to some fire so you were getting some flame action from that instead of just burning down all the wood and shoveling it over yeah yeah now if you got time and you want to do it the way to go is build that fire. You get an authentic experience then. You can stay out there all day. You stay out there all day. Play with fire. <laughs> the only downside I can see to cooking on that thing is you're not just going to roll it up in the house or, you know, in the garage or whatever when you get through cooking because you've got open coals right there that unless you shovel them out, they got to burn down. And so when we, when we got through that day, they loaded their grills back up and hit the road. And then, so I rolled the, I was like, well, I'll just roll this back up in the, uh, shop and I got to look and I was like, man, these coals are still. I, mean, I can cook for another couple hours on <laughs> yeah. these. So Austin came out there and we said, let's shovel these out. And he shoveled them out and took them out and put them in a metal receptacle so they wouldn't start a fire. But yeah. you got to think about that. Like if you're cooking, you got friends over or whatever, you're still going to have a live fire there that's open. So there's no shutting it off. Yeah, there's no way to shut it down <clears> like you would have web. I would imagine. Like that's what in California, most of them like they're built in. These are. Brick yeah, bits. Yeah, outdoor. The outdoors that you see that stay out in like a designated cooking area and all that, but know that you've got live coals still going. So, <clears throat> so what um, we did try, so he cooked the tri tip, sliced them. He got them about medium, medium rare. Yeah, yeah, that was, right, that. that was right in that range where yeah. you'd want to try tip. And then we had, you grilled the tortillas. Grilled some tortillas or grilled some green onion. Oh, yeah. Um, we chopped the green onion yeah. out of it. And there was something else. We had some cheese and some corn. I did some corn. What, oh, you talking about just for the taco? Yeah, just for the taco. Um, I did like a little skillet of chorizo and oh, cheese. Let's talk about that. <laughs> <laughs> I will say that did not turn out exactly how I envisioned it because I'd seen somebody else doing it, like you know TikTok and see all this stuff. These guys would just throw an iron skillet on some fire and then put it, fill it, you know, chorizo and. and put all this Mexican kind of cheese in there, and then it turns into this awesome looking chorizo. I don't know, queso fondue looking stuff or whatever, mm-hmm. stretchy. Well, I said, oh, you know, there must be some good Mexican cheese. Let me go to the store and see what I can find. Well, I found some. It was like queso fundido. I think, was that, was that, y'all remember what it was on the I package? I don't remember. Yeah. It was supposed to have been melting cheese. I don't know my Mexican cheeses. I know <laughs> Velveeta. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm Velveeta American probably cheese, man. Probably would have. That's what I said. I said, next time I'm going queso blanco Velveeta. Because <laughs> it did. It melted and mixed with the chorizo, but then it just turned into like, I don't know. Mortar. <laughs> I mean, for real. It was like you could brick at that gum. It was so thick. House. You yeah. couldn't even get a spoon and like get a, get oh, a little spoon. I could make a Pueblo with this over here. <laughs> <laughs> it was. It was I mean, pretty tough. Yeah, but I ate it. It tasted good. It just cooked all the moisture out. So I'm gonna. I don't know if I took it. It was just an iron skillet. That wasn't. That didn't really work out good. I think Mark said it was quesadilla melting cheese on it. It said on the package. Maybe oh, okay. I don't know. That yeah, I think it did. Quesadilla yeah. melting cheese or something. I need to brush. I need to learn. I need somebody to educate me on what kind of cheeses I could use. Because right now I have found the best cheese for making like Mexican style dishes. That's close to the Mexican style dishes that I know here. You know, 
in our town, Hernando's yeah. got six Mexican restaurants. The number one cheese they use is like white American, like <laughs> Land O'Lakes white American cheese, and it melts as good as anything. And when I started making like restaurant cheese dip with it, like probably don't even have that kind of queso in Mexico. But <laughs> no, here, probably. here in the United States, the gringo version, it gets that's it's white cheese and green chili. And, and they delicious. sell gallons of gallons it. Of it. <laughs> if you got that in a decent margarita, you got a rest of gold mine. Heck yeah. Or at least in a small that's town a, like ours, you got five of them. They're all rocking. That's a cure for depression right there. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, so then you did some corn. Yeah, I did some roasted corn, and that was delicious. I just, and that was really yeah, easy. Yeah, I, I sprayed it with duck fat and started basting it with oh, butter a little bit. Yeah, seasoned it up. You know, so it was kind of you know put a little of that chimichurri, Alfredo's chimichurri seasoning on it. Yeah, just kind of you know made it. It was like grilled corn. That was super easy on that Argentine grill. I hung some sausage. I got some hot links, like beef style hot links. Put them on one of the hooks and hung them up and let them kind of slow cook. They did. I was like. I had these things hooked up. I was like, oh, these are fixing to fall off, and this ain't going to work. No, they worked perfect. As the skin, I guess as the sausage heated up and cooked, the skin kind of got tight and it held it on the hook. So those were good. Um, I think that's about all we did it. on it, wasn't it? Yeah. Okay. But we just, I mean. Green yeah, onions. So. In, the, in the big grilled green onions. I like those. Char-grilled green onion, I guess you call it. You got to get the big bulb ones. When they started selling them at our Kroger. I love them. Yeah. Oh, yeah. They started like, what What dish is it that I get? It's a mocajete at La Siesta. Always gives you those green onions. And I was like, man, these are delicious. They've, I guess they've just probably flat topped them in the back. But you take them and chop them up and mix them with everything else. It grows great on a taco. It looks cool on the grill. Yeah, it looks good. <laughs> it's really good, though. So we got that grill, and it's going to be. I'll put it to use. I mean, it's yeah. like. I enjoy the open fire part of cooking, building the fire and play. And I guess it's just a primal thing where if you like, if you're into barbecuing and you like building a fire, that's the kind of grill you want because you're actually building it and cooking over it. And there's a lot of people doing it now. I mean, I, I don't know if it's just because the algorithms know what I'm looking at or whatever on like Facebook and TikTok, but I see a, a ton of it coming across my feed. There's live fire cooking. So there's a place people are interested in it. You know? Yeah, I think so too. I think I've been seeing a lot more of yeah. it. A lot of options with it. I mean, there's a lot of stuff you can do with it. You always talk about like barbecue and fellowship, and I feel like that's one of those girls that like it's yeah. a team to do it, and it feels like an experience. You if know? you're cooking for yourself, you're not going to go out there and fire one of those up. But if you've got people coming over, it's a great talking piece, showstopper. If somebody comes to your house and you're firing up that and you're building this fire and cooking all this food of it, they're going to think you know what you're doing. Hanging some chicken. Hanging some chickens up. You've got pineapples <laughs> over on the side. You've got these tri-tips or big steaks you're doing on it. You could have, and that's what I like about it, you could have, you know, a cast iron pot going with something yeah, on it, on yeah. it, still cooking. I mean, there's, you know, there's a lot of versatility in one. You could really cook anything you wanted on. Pretty much. One of those, yeah. Yeah, you, I think there is a learning curve a little bit because you have to realize your heat is is coming up and getting out away from you. So you have to learn how to, you know, get something cooked on the right side. If you're cooking chickens, you're going to have to flip them or different ways, you know, things you're going to have to learn. <clears throat> Excuse me. Do you think you um, there's a lot of fire management learning um, in the process of cooking on one of those? Definitely, I would think. Yeah. Because, I mean – you're going to have to figure out how to position it because the wind's going to be a factor. Outdoor temp's going to be a factor. I mean, there's a lot of stuff that goes into it. You know, getting it. And I think 
they're kind of simplifying it with these baskets, and that kind of steals something from stick burners. So how does like, how is that simplifying it? Well, instead of just having a pile of coals, you can actually you can actually have it, and you can get air up under. It. Yeah, you can move it around. You can move the baskets around. It's probably easier to clean up and clean out. But yeah, so people started cooking the stick burners. You always built your fire right in the fire basket, you know. And then people realize you get them raised up, you get them in a basket, you get something like that, you get better airflow. It's kind of doing the same thing. I bet it keeps the bottom of your fire basket from burning out yeah, too quickly, I mean, it's too. Not, yeah, I can see that. And, I, you know, I hadn't looked on it close enough to see if they have little feet on them to get that basket up off the fire rock. But that would make sense to me to, you know, give it that little gap yeah. of air to let it flow through it, too. Because there's no, like, bottom vent in these. There's no air coming in. I, you know, actually, it has a clean-out with, like, a little nipple on it, but I don't think you open it to let air in because all your air is kind of coming just open. Yeah. <clears throat> but check them out. If you've never seen, like, that Santa Maria or Argentine style, uh, go to Crank It Up Grills, look at their website, but go look at some videos and do some searching and start paying attention to some live fire cooking, and you'll see some different examples of this and it's really cool stuff that one's the nicest one i've seen I, crank in person it i mean i have that yeah, i haven't yeah. seen that many of them it's, that's the first argentine grill i ever put my hands on so i've got a question from someone in the community sure our let's get to cooking community um aquafina i don't know if that's a real water? name or a <laughs> oh i thought you were just talking about bottled water <laughs> no aquafina yeah, she, okay, she's well, a cool active member of our community Awesome. What's um, her question? So have you? she got a new grill and was asking your opinion of this grill. Um, I'd never heard of it, so I had to Google it. It's a Even Embers pellet-fueled ceramic grill. So it's I, an egg with a pellet hot. I haven't egg. heard of that brand, but I heard they were doing that with some of the eggs, putting putting pellet uh, hoppers on them. Yeah. I, I can imagine it. I could see where it could work, but I could also see where there could be some problems. Because for the pellet grill to work, it has to use up, you know, the pellets and has to the heat has to swing and drop for it to for the oh, grill to drop more pellets yeah. in. But when you go to a ceramic grill, they're they're really based on holding heat in, radiant heat, not using much fuel at all. So is it gonna have enough swings or drops to keep that time going to say it would have to be a Oh, really we need pellets, slow. but it had to be really slow because you don't need that many pellets to get that heat once you get the heat up I didn't even think about to maintain that. it. So that would be my first thought on them. I've never I've never played with one or seen one, but I did hear that there were some of them out there. It'd be interesting to know. Does I mean I would think right off the bat it's gonna use way less pellets because ceramic type that design is so efficient yeah. I mean, with the holding the heat in not needing much air to run um my one of my complaints with the pellet i mean there's i mean with the ceramic grill is i don't seem to get as much smoke flavor off of it like i really got to put a bunch of wood in there and it's not burning super clean because for them to run right you have to choke them back you can't i mean it's just they, or else they, they'll, they'll, or else they'll get away from yeah. you they get too hot they're That's been my experience with cooking pizzas. them. Yeah, no, no, they're great for high heat cooking, for grilling. I mean, for doing fast stuff. I just think some of my low and slow stuff is better off a regular smoker than it is on, say, like a green egg or something like that. You can cook anything you want on them. The cooking range, you can. Can you cook a butt on there all day long? Probably one of the, you know, super easy. But you just they don't the smoke and everything. The 
it's it's different. It's different. You got to learn you. it. Yeah, yeah. you got to learn it. You're not going to get as much smoke because it's not pulling and drawing as much. Yeah. Because it doesn't that, have to. Because well, yeah. I keep it choked back. And then when you look at it, it looks like it's almost dirtied up because if you've got too much wood on it or whatever, it's, I don't know, it's a fine line on on, how, on, on running one of those as far as quality of like smoke flavor I think you get. But the, you're talking about just the commodity Ceramics style, in ceramic. general. Yeah, 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 yeah. Versus, say, a drum or yeah. a traditional smoker or even a pellet grill. My biggest problem with the ceramic style grills is um, – once they get shut up, they have a tendency to grow mold really quickly. <laughs> you got to see when you store them, you got to leave them open enough. Yeah, you do. That's to, a lesson. <laughs> yeah, don't, don't leave it all closed up. It'll backwoods on you. Do they just hold moisture? I guess. It just builds up in there some kind of way. I mean, if you leave your coals in there, if you do the things you're not supposed to do. But yeah, what everybody does. does. Yeah. 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 But there's a remedy to that, too. Just heat that dude up, burn it all off. <laughs> Scrape it down and go to cook it. How many times have you burnt some mold out of a smoker? A bunch. <laughs> cook it on backwoods, especially. There's nothing worse than forgetting to drain the uh, water pan. Man, it gets nasty. A back, water pan with fat and grease and everything? Yeah, that's, been, yeah, that's how a whole hog cooked in it or something. Like whole load of shoulders. That's probably the nastiest smelling smoker in, yeah, ever. Yeah, barbecue. It could probably get the funkiest. The if you yeah. shut them up, that's a test. How long does it take different ones to see get who this? could get the funkiest? Yeah, if you forget to clean your grill, cook all the same stuff on them, shut them up, see what happens. But this, uh, so this Evan Embers pellet fueled ceramic grill, it does have uh, four hundred fifty ish square inches of cooking space. Um, is it is it like a round ceramic grill? Yeah. Okay. But it's you get you get your you get bottom some stages. And you get a, yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean stages, and racks. It, yeah. Um, and then it, it's a 16 pound pellet hopper, which is kind of small, that's, but you're that's saying, standard. It is standard. Yeah. That's pretty standard. But if they're not using much, if they're efficient. Yeah. It's anyway. interesting. Yeah. I didn't even know that was a, a grill. I saw a guy in the community that put a, a pellet hopper on his Weber kettle. I didn't know that there was like attached. Oh yeah. Stuff they've, they've, I've seen them. I mean, candy had, had them put one on a Jambo. Stick burner. You can wow. put. They made. There's an aftermarket company that made pellet attachments to go on any grill. That was yeah. his thing. And all, I mean, if you think about it, all you're doing is drilling a hole through your smoker in the wherever your firebox is, and putting a fire pot in there, and then and putting it outside, and putting a pellet chute on it. Wow. So, and then having a way to hook up a thermometer to what your grill temp is. It's it's pretty simple. I guess the benefit of doing that is just cost of pellet grills these days. And so if you already have a Weber kettle. Yeah, I guess so. It's, I mean, that, that, and being able to convert like a homemade, a lot of people like to make their own homemade yeah. grills. That's exactly. So I figured the act that's, of doing it's probably it's more probably, that yeah. than, than modifying something, you know, yeah. something's already store bought. Most people are making their own and putting it on there. Like, that's kind of cool. So you yeah, could cool. make yeah. your own pellet grill at home. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Essentially. Definitely. Yeah. If you were so inclined. <laughs> if you're so inclined. <laughs> um, so we, this week we ordered Arby's Wagyu burgers. <laughs> Wagyu. So, uh, That's it. Wagyu. Oh, you're right. Wagyu. I'm just laughing at Arby's. <laughs> Y'all told me that idea. Y'all seen these Arby's burgers? I said, no, but I want to try it. <laughs> Wagyu burger from fast food. Hey. Was it Wagyu? I don't know that. <laughs> I don't know if it was Wagyu or not. I don't know if Arby's has a grill. 
But no kidding. But <laughs> I mean, I never went by there. It's like, man, it really smells great here at Arby's Grilling. Have y'all? No, no. and they I don't mean, sell burgers. They don't otherwise. sell burgers. They sell, I'm sure, bag heated up roast beef and whatever else they have. Chicken sandwich. They probably have a deep fryer. Their curly fries are on point. <laughs> <laughs> but that burger wasn't deep fried. It was good. I'm not. So I'm not gonna knock it. It was a good burger. It was a good. It was fast a good food fast food burger, food burger for what they're big. saying. Yeah. Now was it really good? I don't know. There's no way to tell. Um, I'm telling you what they did to them. And I think they, didn't they say that they make a comment or did I read it somewhere that they tell people they're sous vide them. I think that was, so like that's a part of their thing. That's what they're doing. They've, they've already cooked those somewhere, held them to a certain temperature. And now they're, they can take them to their stores and they can drop them in a bag in some warm water and heat it up. And the temperature will be the same. So it fits the application. That's yeah. why they're not grilling anything in there, but it was pretty good burger. I'm not going to lie. It reminded me of, Kind of a back if you're you remember backyard burgers Heck the yeah. chain that's what it reminded me of without the grill taste yes backyard used to be the best but, but we had I mean it was you know a substantial patty it was bigger than a quarter pounder at McDonald's I mean if you're into if you want some fast food you want a decent burger I'd say give it a shot yeah the sauce they had on it they had some kind of special sauce on it that was pretty good we didn't have the they have another one it's like a bacon ranch version and then just a deluxe version. We just went deluxe to try it. It was cheese, lettuce, uh, tomatoes, pickle, pickles, and red onion, and special, sauce. special sauce on both yeah. sides, and the burger. It was, you know, it, I'd give it a thumbs up. I would too. It was pretty good. I would eat another one. Put it that way. <laughs> I mean, you know, it's a it's a fast food. Is it is it as good as a burger? Did it change you your could, life? No. Is it as good <laughs> as a burger that you could cook at a wagyu burger you could cook at home? Heck no. Heck no. And I'm gonna I mean I'm gonna I'm, so we're gonna do a comparison. I'm gonna cook you and probably do a TikTok on my version of a Wagyu Deluxe burger. That's see a which good, one's yeah. Better. Okay, so how are you gonna cook a Wagyu Deluxe? I'm not burger? gonna sous vide it. <laughs> <laughs> where are you I'm gonna, gonna grill it. Where are you gonna source the meat? It's probably just gonna be some trim uh, A nine trimmings that I got from <laughs> Kevin and, and grind them up myself. I know, but if you were going if you Oh, if I were gonna source it? Yeah. I mean, yeah, I'd call Kevin to butcher shop. Say, hey, man, I need some ground. He, he sells. Like, he you can go to his butcher shop and buy ground Wagyu by the pound. Now, they're starting to sell it. I think Walmart has a line. Yeah. And I want to say I saw some at Kroger the other day. So. But I don't know too. if it was like, it was kind of misleading. It's, it's got to be a There's no USDA thing, thing on this. Yeah. There's no thing that says, oh, this is Wagyu cow. We certify it. None of that. So it's all marketing. So the one I saw was like, Wagyu like or something like that. So man, what is this? They're just selling fatty meat. Yeah. It's probably all it is. And I mean, I can't I don't believe that it's coming from any different. Like That's they've like, got some I mean, if it was, it'd be so much per pound, they'd never have it in Kroger or Walmart. Yeah. It's like they might have it from cows that have Wagyu like genes or yeah, something. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, at what point what is what is what makes Wagyu Wagyu? It's like yeah. certified Angus beef. You can call anything Angus beef, and yeah. they'll and they'll try to rip off the certified Angus beef and kind of trick the consumer a little bit. Yeah. But to have that certified Angus beef brand, they have certain um, stipulations and regulations and requirements. Right. With them there. Yeah. yeah. I would. I'd put cert that probably certified Angus beef up ground at the store. Like you can go to Superlow, buy certified Angus beef, and put that up against any of those Wagyu brands. And I bet it tastes better. Oh yeah, I would. Just say. because I mean. I've I've had it. It does. <laughs> now it does not taste better than when I have brisket trimmings and I grind them up. But see, the thing with that wagyu beef is you can't have like 100 percent wagyu beef. I mean, to me, like if I'm all my brisket trimmings, 
I guess it does have more fat in it than that it does lean. But when I have the ratio right, even if it's 50-50 fat, you, I mean, it's it's so much grease. You have to cut it with something. So what I do is buy chuck roast, like a choice grade chuck roast, grind it, and then grind all my Wagyu brisket trimmings and then mix those together. So you end up with something that's more akin to a 80-20, you know, that you yeah. would see. But it has, it has so much flavor. more flavor because it's got that really good fat in it. And that makes the absolute best burger. So I've it's had, part brisket, part chuck. Oh, it's good. I tried cooking one just from ground Wagyu yeah. trimmings, and it, it wouldn't even stay together, even on just a flat top cooking. Yeah, it just fell apart. <laughs> yeah, it just falls apart. <laughs> That's when you just cover it in cheese. That's what I did. <laughs> That's your glue, and then you scoop it up, and you probably still got one of the best hamburgers. Now, I will say this. You can cook a, real, a, a burger that's got a good bit of the real Wagyu fat in it. You can cook it to well done, 165 <laughs> degrees, and it still just runs juice out <laughs> everywhere. That's one I learned. I was like, man, these are awesome. You cook these, you can't mess them up. You can overcook them. I mean, I, I, mean, I wouldn't undercook them, but, I mean, I'm not eating my burger rare, but I like it medium. That's where I want it. So Every time I order a rare burger, they look at me funny. <laughs> are you sure? You want worms. <laughs> Worm I only here. do it somewhere like Huey's or oh, whatever, where I know they're getting the meat fresh. Yeah. Hey, that's the standard from the gold standard for me in a Memphis area. You want to base your burger. If you got a good burger, you got to beat Huey's. And I ain't saying Huey's is the best, but they're the best baseline. Yeah. You go beat them and you got something. There's several that do. I mean, Tops has got a good double cheeseburger. <laughs> Everybody talks about that. <laughs> yeah. You never had the Tops double cheeseburger? I haven't had one. Everybody talks about it. We need to do a though. TikTok video on that. <laughs> Just. <laughs> It's so good. I had a few things in the community before we had to get out of here today. Uh, Ted wanted to know the best way to heat up baby back ribs. He's going to cook them one day, and he's got to reheat them the next day. And so there was a bunch of different answers in there. The best way I found is when you cook them and you get them to the tenderness you want, they're ready to come off the grill. You open up the full, let the steam out. Pour the juice off and wrap them up. Don't take them out. Don't glaze them. Don't put anything else on them. Just wrap them up at that point. Get the juice off of them. Wrap them up. The next day, I take them out and let them come up to room temp. So out about 30 minutes, 45 minutes. You know, you don't want them to get hot, but you want yeah, them to knock, get, the, chill knock the chill off. Stick them back on the smoker at 250 degrees. Warm them up for about 30, 45 minutes. Then unlo- open the foil and glaze them. That's going to set your sauce. If you want them dry at that point, just spritz them with a little juice and hit them with some more dry rub, but that's going to bring them back. Now, if you don't want to fire up the grill, you can do that in the oven. Yeah. I would do it on a sheet pan and then open them up, put them on a rack, glaze them like that, do the same thing in the oven at 250. You're looking looking at probably at least an hour, hour and 15 minutes to heat them back up. I've done it at 45. I mean, if you get it hotter (laughs) than 250, you can. Yeah. If you go to 300, 325, you can do it faster. But – Watch doing that because it will burn the sauce if you're caramelized. If it's got, you know, if you've got sweet rub and stuff, you start shooting up over 300 degrees, you got to be watching it. So you don't want to burn it, but get all that fat and drippings out of the full when you, you know, when you get them cooked the day you're smoking them, wrap them back up. So most of the time I put them in new full, you know, instead of just using that same, I'll, I'll take them out of that, put them in a new, wrap them up, let them sit a few minutes to cool off. You don't want to put them in the refrigerator piping hot. Stick them in the fridge overnight. Take them out the next day. Let them air. Let them come up temp a little bit on the counter. Two hundred fifty degrees. Get some. Get some back right. Get some back right. Now, 
So a lot of people say in sous vide, that's hey, that's a great way to do it. Mm-hmm. If you got the big enough container, you got, you know, and it's, I, mean, I wouldn't do it for one slab of ribs, but if you got several slabs of ribs, get them dudes vacuum sealed. You can drop them down in that sous vide. You can hold them, you know, 140 degrees, and they're going to come up to temp, you know, and, a couple, and a, it, it's fast. It's easy. Now, you still and you get uh, you still have to sauce and glaze them, I think. So they're going to have to go back on the grill or in the oven or something like that. But just to get them back warm enough to eat, that's a, way, that's a good way, too. With the sous vide, you do get even, yeah. you know. Like you're in, yeah, it's all even. Everything's going to be controlled temp. You know, yeah. that's going to be right. They're going to be juicy that way, but they're not going to have that glazed finish that that you like or that. I mean, I guess you could take them out. It's kind of dry. You roll could them. glaze them before you soup. Uh, I mean, could you? If you put sauce and stuff in there, it's going to change the color of it. It's not going to look really good. They're, they don't look as good coming out of the out of a water bath or anything like that. You still got to do something else for the appearance of them. You're saying you know? pull them out, maybe put a little rub. And then and dry them out on the grill or throw them in the oven. Or, so you're going to have to do something to them to get them to look right. It works. It's a great way for controlled heat, but it just doesn't look as good. Yeah. But the grill is the best option. Smoker, you know. What else you got? Could you um, char grill them? Yeah, no, that's that another before. option too that's good. And it's a different style. But once you take them out, you throw them over on, your, on a charcoal grill. You don't want, them, you know, a good medium hot charcoal grill. You start basting them with sauce, and you flip them, and you baste the backside, and you flip them back, and you just do that for about you know twenty minutes or so on a charcoal grill, decent you know three hundred fifty four hundred degree heat. Uh, you could do it on a propane grill; it'd work the same. But you're just moving them, and it's kind of we call that char grilling. That would that would be pretty good. Um, you got to be careful making sure you get that even. Yeah, and you're gonna say so you're gonna get some charriness. You're gonna get a little burning. It's higher heat. The sugar's gonna caramelize. It's a different tasting rib, but it's a dang good rib. I like it. Yeah. Yeah. It's kind of that's a that's what I call that event style ribs. Like if you go to these big rib fest and things like that, a lot of those guys are finishing them on a char griller. Yeah, they've cooked that's them. What, they've the cooked before. them the day before. They've, they've just been in process of operation of cooking ribs, and they're bringing them back on a char griller, brushing them with the thin sauce, and just kind of warming them up, and it's all caramelizing. It's different than just like say I don't know a competition rib or eating rib yeah. that we eat at home. It'd be good on that Argentine. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You could do, definitely do it on that. I got another one. All right. Another question. This is from Joel. He wants to uh, smoke a brisket in a week or two. And he, I guess he found a deal. Uh, how? No, this is, this is what it was. <laughs> Joe, he wants to smoke a brisket in a week or two. He's got one in the freezer. When should he take it out? That's a good question. So what would you say? Well, with the brisket... Seven days? I would say at least at least six, seven days. Yeah. If you're putting it in a refrigerator that's not getting opened all the time, you want it to be completely thawed out, that's how long you're going to give yourself. You don't want to go cooking it and it still be a little no. icy in the middle. And you want to know if you can put it in water. Do not do that. Don't don't run a sink full of hot water. Or Why not? Just because it's going to start the cooking process and it's going to you're thawing it out too in a hurry. I mean, it doesn't work right. Done. Now I have I have cheated. You have done it. Not in hot water. I have <laughs> yeah. cheated. Put the brisket in a cooler, put a little ice in the cooler too, and then filled it up with water and let it hang out in there for a few hours and then not it didn't completely thaw. I didn't leave it like overnight, but then stick it in the refrigerator. That speeds it up too. So you can do that in a pinch, but I would the best way is gonna be give it that week in the refrigerator. Especially if it's like 17, 20 pound brisket. If it's a ten to thirteen pound brisket, it may only need five days. Yeah. So go by your size, but 
That's going to be your best bet. There was another one. It's, okay, here what it was. This was Michael. He found a deal on briskets, but it's almost out of date. Will it make it? Is it okay to leave it in that refrigerator for four, you know two weeks before he's going to cook it? Or how long does he have before he needs to freeze it? I don't know. That's a que- that's a you question. <laughs> I would long. say if it's close to being out of date, I wouldn't I wouldn't want to go very long at all on the refrigerator. I would be scared What's to go a week. I'd be scared to go a week. week. I'd okay. be scared. I, I mean, two or th- we're talking cryovac. Yeah, it's cryovac, but it's out of date, so you're getting it on deal. Or you know, if it's going out that if it's going out that day, or if it's already reduced, I would freeze it. If I knew I wasn't going to cook it, freeze it. Take it back out a week later. Let it thaw. Or if you don't cook it, man, that's the best way to do those. I mean, you might get by with a day or two, but if there's any discoloration that I can tell or any a lot of bubbles in it or anything, it's it's on the verge. I mean, I'm not saying it's brewing, but it probably needs to be froze and then thawed back out and cooked immediately after that. What does the freezing process do? I mean, I guess it kills all the stuff. (laughs) It's going bad. It stops that. It stops that bacteria. Yeah, kills okay. That's what I'm guessing. That's what why is, I mean. I've, I've, I know, it ain't gonna lie. I shot the reduced section. Oh but most gosh. of that stuff, if I'm not cooking it that day, I'm freezing it. And that's how I like a deal. I like a deal. Is how we end up with a freezer full of meat. <laughs> these turkey wings. On Two dollars. <laughs> you opened up the freezer this week and said, "We got to cook this turkey." There's a 20 pound turkey in the middle of our freezer. <laughs> Just hanging out. It's been there since Thanksgiving. It's been there since Thanksgiving. <laughs> I thought I was going to get one more in. <laughs> <laughs> you couldn't resist. Yeah, that's right. That's right. You heard there was a turkey shortage. I did. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to have to have a turkey in July. Yeah. <laughs> well, Shell, I got a couple other things, but, you know. We're running out of time. Do you want to talk about? Uh, Frog cut chicken. <laughs> That's the coolest thing I've seen in a while. I think Al's the one that done it. Um, originally, that's the first person I saw do it. Somebody posted it in the uh, communities where I saw. It. I mean, you know, I saw it to this, this morning when I was just looking for some stuff last minute. You know, and somebody posted a picture that they did some frog cuts chickens. And I guess the thing was that they. The question was that they cook. Was it worth trimming it like that? Did it cook any different? I don't imagine it does. But what it what Is you're it doing? Is it that hard to trim it? No, you're just hinging it. It's like, so you go in like, you know, midways up under the breastbones, you know, above the thigh, leg quarters, you hinge it and you open it up. Instead of spatchcocking it out butterfly style, you're cutting it and then pulling that breast up to where it still is laying flat. You just got the breast at the top. And when you look at it from an overhead view, it kind of looks like a big old frog. (laughs) Because, you know, (laughs) just the way it looks. And so I thought that was pretty cool. Frog cut chicken. Have, you, want, have y'all seen them before? No, that's you crazy. You seen it? Yeah. I want you to do it with like Cornish hens. <laughs> Some little bullfrogs. Yeah. Does it taste like chicken? That's going to be the question. <laughs> I'm going to do it, make it look green and everything. Like like put chimichurri seasoning all over the outside. Do some kind of green sauce on it. <laughs> I bet it'd be pretty good. I bet it would too. There's How not, could it be bad? There's not too much stuff you cook that's not pretty good. <laughs> We could do that. And then I saw another one that was yard pimp grenades. Those were good, too. What is it? What is that? He had took, uh, who was it? Steve. He took uh, chunks of chicken breast and marinated it and then uh, wrapped them up with, like, cream cheese, 
pineapple, was it cream cheese or just pineapple and jalapeno and bacon, made these little bombs. Oh, yeah. Like, and then smoked them or grilled them, got them glazed up. And But what got me was the dipping sauce. He made it, it sounded so good. It sounded like almost like that Don't Tell the Doctor dip. It didn't have the <laughs> really? But it had like cream cheese, sour cream, all the good stuff in it, pepper jelly. I mean, it sounded, it sounded really good. So. But no, that's what the community is all about. We want you to ask questions, you know, interact, but sharing like giving people ideas. That's inspiration. I get a lot of inspiration. I do from too. I've seen a lot of really good stuff in there. And, and I, you know, it's not always about giving somebody the recipe or precisely. If you don't, don't feel, don't should not share something you've done because you think you can't write a recipe. That's not even part of it. Just, you know, I put can't. it out there. You, my you recipe, can't write. <laughs> my recipes are, you take a little dab of this. <laughs> Measure what? What's that? <laughs> Suggested. <laughs> you just take a little bit of this and but cool but yeah that's keep the keep the community going um did you want to talk about uh we've kind of finally confirmed that you're going to valhalla i yes <laughs> i was so excited so i've been waiting i was waiting for him to release the nfl schedule because there was a weekend in, in october where michael gets like a monday off and columbus day. it's like columbus day weekend yeah. and so i told him i was like man Let's try to go to a Vikings game. That's a perfect weekend. We could go, you know, go up on Friday or Saturday, go to the game on if there was a game on that Sunday, and then we got Monday to travel back. And it worked. And they didn't release the schedule too. It was like middle of May. I think we might have been at Memphis in May, or right after. It was after. Yeah. yeah. It hasn't been very long ago, but they came out with a schedule, and the Vikings had a game home. It's a home game against the Bears, <laughs> which is going to be great. Get to see them stomp the Bears. And fingers crossed. And yeah, so I got tickets. So now I just got to find a tailgate to go to. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going for the first time. I'm going to go see the Vikings play. I'm excited. You've seen them play before, but not. Yeah, yet. It, not, at, not in Minnesota. Minnesota yeah. yeah, I've been to some Vikings games, just not up there. Do they really call it Valhalla? <laughs> no, <that's laughs> Is that what you just told me? <laughs> I'm sure that if they don't have a, yeah, they've got a Valhalla section or ring okay. or something. Or all the greats probably are. I don't know. I don't know that. I, mean, I, don't, I don't know that much about the new stadium. <laughs> Never been there, but I'm excited. That'll be awesome. Yeah. Well, that's all we have today. Yeah, it's uh, Tyler. State contest still going on? Or is that over? Yeah, no, we still have the state contest going on. You guys have till next Wednesday to get all your submissions in and make sure you guys are helping us vote too. So if you don't put a picture of a stake in, all you got to do is go to the comments and like all of your fa- – and you can vote as many times as you want to um, and vote for all the ones that you think look the best. And then whoever wins first place gets a $100 The Butcher Shop. That's right, the one in Pensacola. $100 uh, gift card. And then second place is a $75 How to Barbecue Right gift card. And then third place is a uh, Father's Day gift bundle. So from the shop, lots of good stuff. And just a reminder that Mikey's going to be here cooking a bunch of side dishes <laughs> for all the ladies. Are they selling side chick shirts out there? Yeah, I don't know. They have side. Yes, they do. Okay, I don't know. I, I, I think it's going to be bushy. Couple other guys out here, Mikey making mac and cheese. Is he going to wear an apron? He told me he was going to wear the shirt. So, <laughs> he, but he's doing it apple. Is a unisex shirt. He's doing like an apple cobbler. Uh, Apple cobbler, baked beans, and mac and cheese. The apple pie, baked beans, mac and cheese, all on the grill. No, all on a pellet smoker. So if you want to come see it in action, come try them and learn how to learn some of these recipes. It's a great thing to do tomorrow from 10 a.m. to 12 p.m. At the shop. At the shop. Be right out front, I imagine. Can't miss it. Should be a beautiful day. Go Rebels. Is it?
Is it really going to be a beautiful day? I think so. Good, good, good. Well, Jill, where can they find us? If you'd like to connect with Malcolm, it's How to BBQ, right? On Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, TikTok, and of course, YouTube. If you'd like to connect with me, it's Miss Southern Shell on Instagram and TikTok. Hey, we appreciate y'all hanging out with us. We'll be back next week, and we're gone.